0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. I'm, like I said, so glad that you are here. And, uh, like, I genuinely mean it. Um, Regardless, this is all new to you. If uh, you come from different backgrounds than mine, God is doing something here uh, in this body uh, that I feel, I'm going to use the word jealous over. I feel protective over. I feel like almost like, a, am not, I'm not old enough to be all your alls dads, but some of you, but I feel like this fatherly, like love of like, man, God, you're so good to give me these people that will sit, we, like you'll sit in a quiet room and just sit with Jesus. And that, that's a blessing because I've been, I've been to some churches in my life where you if you try to walk in that they might be like we don't do that here Uh, we do do that here and I'm so thrilled that you are here all of you so we've been talking about this idea that the God of heaven knows everything about everybody in this room which is either terrifying to you or very comforting if you're a child of God comfort that should be a comfort The God knows everything about you the one that knows you most loves you best Does that make sense? So uh, most of us are terrified that we'd actually get found out, but you already are. Like God already knows how you doubt, how you sin, what you're tempted by, which for the children of God should be like, I don't have to hide. Now you take that on a large corporate scale, God knows everything about this church. He also knows about every other church on the planet. He knows the ones that are actually his, and if you read Revelation, there's this picture of like lampstands and there's these churches and the Holy Spirit, God is, is actually writing letters to these churches. And we've been for the last month kind of asking the question, if Jesus wrote us a letter, what would it say? And he would know what we're good at. And he would know what we're bad at. And he would know what we've allowed or shouldn't have allowed. He would, he would know everything. And some of us are like, well, boy, I hope it's not. I, it would definitely have some like, I see the good stuff. But if he's a good dad, and he is, he would totally have some like, hey, but you should watch out for that. And you shouldn't maybe do that. Because if not, then I don't think we're 100% in it, cobblestone, do you? Doing all the things that we're supposed to do? Are you doing all the things you're supposed to be doing? Great. So there's the graciousness of God to kind of like, like poke us a little bit. And that's what I've been asking. Jesus would say this. He'd be teaching crazy parables, like the kingdom of God is like leaven that gets put into a bowl of like flour or, or meat, meat meal not meat bread and then it gets kneaded into the whole thing and then he would say something like and let those who have ears let them hear meaning for those that can perceive what the spirit is saying what God's actually about let them hear it and then you get to the book of revelation and every time Jesus seems to write a letter to them in the book of revelation all the churches It says, and let those who have ears, let them hear what the spirit is saying. And so I've just been walking around and I've asked the elders this question. I've asked the staff this question. In fact, if you want to have this conversation with me, I've told you, I feel like I'm the unofficial keeper of the things that God might be saying. And I've been trying to take this longer view of like, okay, I see this dude over here. He's really, really stirred up to serve the poor. Oh, and I see this lady over here and she is just, broken for intercession and i like you can start to see maybe what god wants to do in a body if you step back far enough and you don't just get straight up in your face and try to do it your own way and so we started with just this idea uh i said you know two weeks ago idols let's get rid of idols let's love god with all we are that's the first and greatest command and you're like you think that's what god wants i know that's what god wants because that's what the bible says to love him, to be lovers of God. And then Jeremiah came last week, big red, el grande rojo. Um, he's big, he's tall, and he has red hair. So grande, big, huge, large. Which is that? I don't know. Is Kelsey here? Is it big, large, huge? No. And he's red, rojo. Great. Great. He talked about love. So you have the two commandments. Jesus summarizes the law and the prophets and all the teachings of the Old Testament into two things, which if you're like me, you're like, I don't need 637 laws. I just need two. Keep it simple for me, Jesus. And he does. Love God, love people. And so we're kind of stepping out of that now and I'm going, okay, God, I got one more week. Would we please hear anything you want to say to us? and I said, man, people have been coming up to me for years now being like, the Holy Spirit said this, or this was, I was praying and I just couldn't get this out of my head. Or we even had somebody give us one to the elders not that long ago and we began to pray over it. And and so if you want to hear, I think it's the same thing of of like drawing near to God. I, I don't think it's like we're lacking physical ears. If it's a spiritual thing, It must be spiritually applied by the Lord for you to be able to hear. And so I want to pray really quick. And I'm actually, like I said, really fascinated by maybe what God's placed in you. So what I'm going to ask is we're going to pray. And I actually put slips, like little blue pieces of paper along these walls and some up here. And this doesn't all have to happen right now. Uh, But what I didn't want to have happen is I, I, I believe God can speak to you. And I don't think that the elders are in some elite group, that they're the only ones that can get direction from God. If we are a body, then God would just please to lead you, so help us lead. Like, it's just like we're all tied together. And so in my head, I thought instead of just being like, let me tell you what God's saying, I'd be like, why don't you tell me? And that's what these blue pieces of paper are for. And also to push the release valve of when I say, hey, what's God telling you? Nobody has to stand up right now and yell at me. No one has to be like, thus saith the Lord. I mean, you could do that, but I'll probably tell you to sit down. What I would though is say, these really aren't actually for your opinion. I know I just asked a room full of people, tell me what you think should happen here. And you all were like, good, I have been waiting to be able to tell you what to do. You could do that, but as soon as I hear your opinion in it, I'm not, even in the most loving way, just gonna go like this. What I really am after is, because I believe you have the Holy Spirit, and that John 15 says the Holy Spirit will speak what he hears from the Father, I want those words. But that will require us to be quiet. And then I'm gonna ask you, if you do feel like you have a sense, I think God wants us to be about, I think this is a direction from the Lord, that you would do one thing you'd write it down and you would put your name on it and you're like i want it to be anonymous well i don't do that because if i anonymously write something down i can't be held accountable so i want to be if i write something down i can be wrong and so can you you see the humility in that and then we're just i'm just going to hand it to some prayer people and be like pray over these with me and then the ones where we're like i think that's the lord we're going to give to the elders is that cool can we do that so can we go back to that place of like prayer and like sitting before the Lord? Uh, and then at any point in time in the next week, you have a blue piece of paper and you want to hand that. You don't have to hand that to me. You can hand that to the elder, And then I'll talk about the things I feel, that I feel maybe the Lord wants us to do. And we can test them together. So Jesus, we quiet our souls. And this is your body. And this is what I, I feel like you said. Don't don't be in a hurry. So I'm not in a hurry to talk about what I want to talk about. It's like be, be in a hurry to listen to me. So as a body, Lord, we just ask for spiritual ears right now. And because we believe the whole Bible, we ask in faith and in accordance with 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 that you would speak. That those in this room that maybe have the gift of prophecy that you would speak, Lord. But since everybody in here has the Holy Spirit and your sheep hear your voice, everybody in here can hear you if they belong to Jesus. So Lord, is there anything you'd say to us as a body? To use like a charismatic language, would you drop that in the spirit of somebody here? Is there a direction we should not go? Will you warn us through the mouths of one of these people in this body? Is there a place we should go? You are the living God and you are a very good leader. God, thank you for a quiet room and a body that'll sit. Um, I just, as one of the leaders, I just profess that we trust you. We trust you to lead us and we actually thank you for the last 20 years. Thank you for all the provision. Thank you for literal dreams and even like, like visions of what this place should be that you've taken us time and time again, and you have, you've saved us. You've restored us, you've molded us, you've made us what we weren't into something that I think you're more and more pleased with day by day. We ask that you would continue that work. That you would take not just the leaders, but you would take every member of this body and you would mold them according to your will. That truly your kingdom would come here. That the kingdom of God would exist on earth here. That your will would be done here. That we would be a people that doesn't look to our own understanding or lean into our own understanding, but in all our ways we would acknowledge you. And so, God, we just ask that you would direct us. And not just as a New Year plan, and not just so that we can say, oh, we we got direction from the Lord, but that we would be like co-workers with Christ. We would work in step with the Spirit. That we would in all our days, in all our plans, in all our things, in all our all the things. It would be with you. We want to walk with you. So I'm not even going to say amen because amen kind of signifies hanging up the phone. Jesus can break in any time during this service and so if you're there lost in prayer once again you can grab those blue sheets there's some up here they're along the walls um i pray a lot lord what do you want me to say um and it's not because i'm lacking words if you've ever talked to me and you're like tell me about predestination i could tell you words uh if you were like tell me what the bible says i could do with my intellect and the tools i've been given over school i could tell you what the bible says Uh, and it's interesting to me that, uh, as a church that believes in being taught by the word and led by the spirit more and more, I'm hearing people say, Hey, I was, I was reading the word and I've read this Bible so many times, Andrew. And then all of a sudden I got to a verse I knew so well. And all of a sudden it was like, it was like, it was new again. It was like God himself whispered it to me. And and that's what I love to hear a word, a word based church that believes the Holy Spirit's still alive, is you're going to hear that conversation a lot. I was reading the word because it's my anchor and my rule, and then all of a sudden it became alive. Who made it alive? Well, the Holy Spirit began to illuminate, began to breathe into something that is very much the word of God. That's what we're seeing. And so as I pray, I'm like, all right, Lord, what would you, what would you say over this body? And uh, it's been dreams, it's been visions, it's been words. Uh, but but this, this week for me, it was kind of three things immediately um, came to mind. And like I said, as a body, we'll just have to test these. But it was the first one, and this is gonna feel a little bit like, because this is like my journal mixed with like my private heart for you guys. But I really think God is inviting not just a couple of us but this body to walk with God the living God meaning if I had to put it in a, in a word it would be God is saying to this church live life with me live real life with me like that everyday feeding a baby at 3 in the morning I'm tired at 5 in the morning barely brushing my teeth awake life that life going to class being a husband going to work life live life with me and and it's this call that i that i feel because we we sometimes say very good things christians are good at saying things it's much harder to live them right and if i was to ask you who has promised to be with you even to who's with you every second of your day when you wake up when you're sad wherever you are on the earth who's with you Jesus, right? That, that's, a good, that's a big thing. That's a big thing to say. God is with me. So if I'm in pain, God is with me. If I'm confused, God is with me. We, we, we know the creeds and we know the words and we say the things, we sing the songs, but so many Christians, I believe our lives would change if we ju- they, they got down deep. Jesus is with me. And not Figuratively. Not 2,000 light years away, Jesus, but like his Holy Spirit has taken up residence. I am never alone. Which then fills you like with faith and, and your prayer life starts to change and how you interact with. Because if Jesus is with me and I touch Diane, I like in my head I'm like, Jesus is touching Diane because Jesus is with me. Not Andrew's not that great, but Jesus is real great. And Matthew 28, 20. This is where we get this idea, this promise that was given to these first disciples. And, and I think the rub is we're like, well, that was for them. Not, it's for us. But Matthew 28, I got it in LT. You might have it somewhere else, New Living Translation. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So number one, the disciples were given a commission, the great commission. Go out into all the earth and teach them to make disciples of all nations, tribes, tongues, and nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. Now think about all the teachings of Jesus. They are commissioned to go teach somebody else who taught somebody else, and then now we're here. So you and me, guess what? You have a job in the kingdom of God. What is it? Teaching people to obey all that Jesus said. And Jesus said a lot of things. A lot of things we ignore, a lot of things that we like to say but don't do. And then he says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what did Jesus just promise those disciples? I am going to be with you, even when they're stoning you. I'm going to be with you even when they throw you in prison. I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. And the end of the age ain't here yet. It's getting a little rocky these days, but we're not there. It's when all of this like temporal stuff flips over into eternity. And the Son of God tears open the sky and makes everything new, wipes away all the tears. All those promises are yes and amen. We're just waiting for this new age to click in. But I began to think, what would change I put it on me, and then I'll let you kind of ponder my prayer journals. God, what would change if I lived like you were with me? Have you ever thought that? And it can get a little convicting and dark pretty quick, meaning, uh, well, I probably wouldn't have watched that show. I definitely wouldn't have thought that thought. Oh, I really wouldn't have mouthed off like that. Oh, I wouldn't have been so lazy. Ooh, I wouldn't have scrolled my phone for two hours. Eee! You see what I mean? How it can get a little bit like, this is why we don't want to think about Jesus being with us. I think, but it is the most beautiful free, freedom-bringing truth. And what would change? Would any, maybe your whole life wouldn't change. You're like, I am living that godly life, Andrew. I live like Jesus Christ is next to me every second of the day. You're like, I, I haven't, me either. But the Bible tells me that he's with me, which then makes me view every room I walk in differently these days. And once again, this is not like, oh, Andrew's like a great saint. This is Andrew's trying to take the basic promises of Christianity and walk them out and then bring a church with him. So if I walk through Kroger and I encounter somebody and I I should just stand at Kroger apparently and do ministry. I don't know about you guys. I see more people there and pray for more people there because they're like, oh, Andrew, I just had this horrible thing happen. Can I tell you all about it in the freezer aisle? And I'm like, yeah. Anna's in the car, let's go. You know, like, and then 30 minutes later goes by and then she comes and finds me. But if Jesus is with me in the freezer aisle, then I don't have to be afraid that I don't have the right words or that I can't help them because Jesus can help them. If you're on Miami's campus and you see someone stumbling home from a night out, you don't have to be afraid of that woman because Jesus walked and turned to the side for women like that. And he loved them and he spoke truth over them and he invited them into his kingdom. Which means everywhere you go, every encounter you have, everything you're doing is now infused with the son of God. Why? Because you are. Because you have the son of God with you. You have the spirit of God in you. And I just, that thought, what would change? Um, Another guy, a guy named Jeremy Riddle, he wrote a book called The Reset. It's about worship. He's a worship guy. And when I say worship guy, this guy has traveled the world, done all the big concerts, done all the big shows, done all the flashy lights and the fog machines. Notice we don't have those. If we did, I would break them. We don't need all that to come to Jesus. But he said in his book, he said, simple truth tells me that if my inward or outward expression of worship were to change, if Jesus physically walked into the room and stood in front of me, then my inward and outward expression needs to adjust to the truth, to the reality of the presence I come before. I always want to worship with heaven in the throne room in my mind's eye, being fully aware that I come before the King above all kings and the Lord above all lords. And even more bewildering, I'm invited to minister face to face, And eye to eye. In this place, worship becomes as simple and as effortless as breathing. In this place, all the performance driven antics I've done from stages in the name of engagement appears cheap and unnecessary substitutions for what was really lacking a leader who was able to just be and behold. Now, he's talking about worship, but I am asking, I pray this all the time. A lot of times when I pray for us on Saturday nights, I picture Jesus like walking down the aisles. Like if he came in the back door right now, would we notice? And then a lot of times I'll be like, if Jesus was walking through here, he'd know your name. He'd know everything about you. He would turn to the side for you. And I want to be like that. I want you to be like that. And a lot of us are starting to walk like that. But that's the invitation I feel from the spirit of God to this church that we wouldn't play cultural Christianity or Sunday Christianity, that we would begin to think how the Bible tells us to think. I am with you always. Nothing will separate you from my love and you are my hands and my feet. So when you go places, I go with you. And when you touch people, the lepers and the broken and the outcasts of the world, I touch them because I'm with you. Go therefore and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything that I taught you because someone taught you. And so it's an exciting idea, but it also comes with, okay, if we were honest, and maybe this is our conversations for our small groups this week, if Jesus physically walked in this room, would anything change about how we meet? Somebody's shaking their head. So I'm like, okay, somebody at least feels it. This is my driving paradigm right now. If Jesus Christ was right here, you wouldn't want me talking to you right now. If Jesus was ministering, in the, if, he was, if people were coming to Jesus and literally issues of blood for 12 years were falling off people's life and leprosy is getting smacked off, things are happening. If Jesus is moving in the room, no one's like, man, I got to get out of here. There's a couple that'll naturally come out of my heart. Like we won't be tied to the clock as much. We'll gladly like wait around in worship to see like, did you, did you like that song? Because he's real and alive. And I know that's different ways of talking about worship. I'm not just singing songs to inform my mind. I am singing songs because I am in love with my Savior. And I love telling him how thankful I am. I love telling him, thank you for saving that 17 year old street rat. I just did an Aladdin quote on you on accident. Street rat? rat. Okay, cool. What would change in our gatherings if Jesus was with us? And I asked a couple weeks ago, is Jesus here? Y'all were like, "Uh uh-huh. So what would change about your home life? If Jesus was with you last night, does that change anything about your life? About what you watched or, or how you made this talk behind your wife's back when she asked you to take the trash out? Is that just me? Okay, cool. So there's this real life. This isn't just like let's come have really good like ooey gooey ooey gooey. We're not looking for powerful meetings. I'm not looking for like old camp meetings. I'm not. I you can fall on the ground if you want, but that's that. I'm looking for Jesus with you at home, and Jesus with you at home means Jesus is with you at work, and then Jesus is with you at school, and and, and all if. And really, this is in big letters in my journal. It was like, if Jesus showing up changes everything, everything should change. Circle. That's what you're invited into. If Jesus showing up in your life, everything would change, let it change. Make it change. Mold everything to being a follower of Jesus. Mold, he's worth it. And the Bible says that if you've come to Christ, He's with you. So that's the first thing, this living God life, this Jesus walking the aisles life, this Jesus is with me when I'm praying life. What would change if Jesus was here? The second kind of feeds into that, and it's this idea, and I already said it, that you and I, are kingdom bringers, is how I would say it. I kind of lost language for it. But it's this idea that Jesus is inviting this church to build his kingdom. And his kingdom doesn't look like the earth. In fact, it's built on different principles. Jesus once said to his disciples, do you want to be the greatest? And a couple of them really did. James and John, I believe, their mother came and asked Jesus if they could sit on his right and left in heaven and Jesus was like, whoa, lady, you really don't know what you're asking for, right? The sons of thunder were always like, let's call out fire and lightning and kill people, and Jesus is like, you don't get it. My kingdom's not like that. If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, you need to be the least. You need to be a servant, and so I believe we are called in, in this moment, and it's cultural and it's spiritual and it is the spirit of the lord going stop building your kingdoms stop building your portfolios and your safe families and start building my kingdom start going to the places I tell you to go and building the things I told you to build and start doing church the way I want you to do it and start doing ministry the way I told you to do it and start letting me infuse that life because the kingdom of God, Jesus said this in Matthew 24, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom of God. You're like, what the heck is that? Well, I'll summarize it. The gospel is a message that Jesus is a real king. He's the only real king. And the kings of the earth ultimately bow to this king. The demons of hell ultimately bow to this king. All the elders bow to this king. And when Paul shows up in all the cities, you know what he pronounces? There is a king. And all these other gods, they bow to him. He's the one true. Jesus is a real king with a real kingdom. Good news. If you came to Jesus, the Bible says that you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. You're in the kingdom. That you were born again, washed and renewed by the spirit of the Lord. And then thirdly, there's an invitation to participate in the kingdom of God. This is what I, I've been on this track. What does it look like? If the kingdom of God showed up in this room right now, what will happen? Anybody want to yell some stuff? That's fine. You don't have to. I'll give you what the Bible says. And proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. This is Jesus commissioning his twelve. He's also going to do this with 72 at one point. He looks at the twelve. Go to the cities of Judea. Do not go to the Gentiles yet and tell them the kingdom, my kingdom, is at hand. Meaning you can grab it. You can touch it. It's close. Which is good news. Where Jesus is, this is what happens. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. And then what do they do do? They run off to Judea. And they literally have, I probably a collective freak out because they're fishermen from the small podunk places of the world. And Jesus goes, I give you authority to bring my kingdom. So these fishermen are like, well, what do do we do? Well, he said, we should go come out, and they came out. My son died, just like, get up, and they did. Like, you realize how collectively freaked out they probably were? Like, who is this man? They're like, he really is God. And I just think the Lord is saying to this church, I like almost like, come on, faith, come on, take me out my word. Come on, go build my kingdom. Don't stop being afraid. Start laying hands. Start believing in the authority that I've given you. And this is the call that I, I feel. Um, there's a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. People have opinions about him. He was, a, anyway, he was a guy. But he said, the reason the world's not seeing Jesus is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, reading the Bible occasionally, and praying sometimes. It is an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers' lives that it's difficult to tell which place they're in, whether in the flesh or in the spirit. And that's what I think the Lord's like. Do you want to stop? There's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with raising kids. I'm doing both those things. I think when you replace what the kingdom of God is with the kingdom of the earth, you get Christians that are going, is this it? He just saved me to wait around to eternity and I hope I make it. No, he saved you to be a kingdom bringing, demon crushing, word of God slanging, Holy Spirit filled. I can keep, I'm gonna start real preaching at you, like sweat wiping, yelling at you. But we've been taught, and it's not bad, like we've been taught, no, I'm just, I'm just a weak, no, you're a new creation. What you were is not what you are. And either we believe the basic promises of Christianity or we don't. Either his kingdom is at hand because he is with us and the spirit is in us and we can go and tear down the gates of hell because they won't stand against the church, or it's all stupid and we should get different hobbies. This ain't a hobby. I'm in this room because the living God tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm going to save you now. And I went, yep, that's what we're doing for the rest of my life. And every once in a while, I can feel it. You can feel it. I know you can feel it. The earth starts to feel more like home than it should. You're like a hot cocoa in a Christmas tree just feels good somehow in the flesh. I ain't got no problem with that. But I do have a problem with that when that becomes the main thing we're excited about in a season where we're celebrating God literally came and put on flesh to save people that were doomed to hell. I'm preaching now. It got me all fired up. You didn't even do anything. I'm just feeling it. What's the spirit asking of us? Uh, I think that we would actually be faith-filled again and take God at his word. I've, I've been laying hands on people for the last three years, and I have seen some things now. And I am convinced that if the church will start to build God's kingdom his way, we will see the things that Jesus did. Not because we're special, not because we got the juice, because He's faithful, and He told us go build My kingdom. And then the last one, and it's my favorite one, and then I want to actually see if we can do it. I feel the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not when it says communion, it's not bread and juice, although that could be part of it. Uh, when I say communion, you have a friend that you don't even have to talk you just like no like sometimes me and david bear operate in this like i'll just be sitting here and if you ever see him look at me and it's not even it's just like a and i'm like okay i know exactly what's about to happen we don't have to talk that sounds a little weird but uh, friendships this communion this fellowship this closeness this i actually know the god that I am talking about. The earth needs people that know Jesus. Not know about him, that know him. That are, uh, I'm gonna use the word intimacy, but are friends with God. That when they walk in, the very presence of heaven is there because they've sat at home in the quiet and ask God to come and meet with him. And he does that because he does draw near and he is knowable. Because the world right now knows a lot of what the book says and they don't like it so they're trying to rewrite it. What they don't know are Christians that literally think, feel, talk and touch like Jesus. They don't understand that. And, and I, I think that if I put that in a phrase, I think the spirit is saying collectively and individually be with me come be with me if jesus called you or texted you come be with me what's what's your heart do come be with me now you might be saying i don't know how to do that that's fine i want to help teach you not that i even have it all the way figured out but there's this idea in the bible in acts 4 verse 13 it's been used by charismatics to explain why you don't need to go to a seminary but i don't think that's the point Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I want you, as your pastor, people to say this about you. It is the highest compliment you can receive. I don't know what it is about you, but have you been hanging out with God? That's it. That's the point of this whole thing. It's not moral obligations. It's not, oh, I I went to church. It's, I was with God. And he changed my very soul. The garden is God walking with his people. The new Jerusalem and the end of all things, new creation is God in the middle of a city. And he's actually the son for the people. It's God with people. This is Christianity, guys. We get to be with God. We get to know God. We get to commune and fellowship and talk with and be filled with God. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I have known men and women my whole life that can tell me a lot of Bible, and that's a good start. Like This is where our baseline, Bible, right? And I've known men that I was like, what is, you're weird. Not because you're just, but like, you feel different. You talk different. You love, like there is like heavenly aroma off your life. You know where that comes from? It comes from sitting with God. Year after year after year after year. And some mornings I don't feel anything or get anything or I'm like, I don't know what I was doing this morning, God, but it sure wasn't with you. And he's like, just show up again tomorrow. And then I show up again tomorrow and I'm like, this is the greatest. He's like, you're such a kid, but I love you, right? This is the the communion with God, walking with Jesus. There's a lot of complexity right now in the earth. Everybody's trying to make plans for economic growth and politics. Everybody's scheming. The church does not respond by getting complex. We get simple. We fight complexity with simplicity. What do you mean you're gonna go sit and be quiet with God? What's that gonna do? Everything. That's gonna do everything. And that is what I feel like. Simplicity of sitting with God and beholding his beauty. Sitting with the word of God and contemplating it and singing it and letting it fill my heart rather than the fear of the earth. Sitting and being with God, power. Flows from relationship. Understanding that Jesus is with me everywhere I go to go back to point one flows from that place. But when you don't pray and you don't be like in communion and you're not in fellowship and you don't know the Spirit's voice, you get out into the world and you get afraid. More and more, I want to be that uneducated common man that people are astonished by. One, that one simple thing he's been with Jesus so those three things that's what I think the Lord saying come be with me go build my kingdom and I am with you live life with me that's, that's what I would say and I would love to hear if you're like that resonates or like I don't think you're, you're hearing God very well But what I'd like to do um, is I'd actually like to try to arrange a meeting between you and God right now, because believe it or not, I don't actually care about talking to you. I care about you meeting with him. I want to talk to you to try to equip you, or I hope you're feeling like, I want to be with God. Did you feel that happen when I was like, come away with me? Some of you were like, I want to, I want to know how to do that. Well, let's, let's walk this out. There's some other sheets of paper, they're just blank. If you need one, if you have a journal, that'll work too. Uh, If you need a pen, there should be pens somewhere on the back of the seats. Uh, I wanna lead you through a thing that I was just recently led through. And it's gonna require us to be quiet, which makes Americans feel awkward, but I love being quiet before God. And so if you grab a piece of paper or a pen, if you want to participate, if not, Uh, You can just watch everybody else participate. But it's going to be three questions, and then I'm going to give you some time to write. And if you need to sit on the floor or lay down or move, if you need to pace, I don't care. Everybody uh, remember when Jesus looks at his disciples uh, and he asks them, who do people say that I am? You remember that story, God's people? Uh, well, matthew It's in Matthew 16. So even if you're like, I don't want to do this little assignment you're giving us, fine, go read Matthew 16 and see what Jesus does. But he looks at them and says, who do you say that I am? Which is an interesting question for the son of God to ask his disciples, right? Now, Peter's there and Peter's a big mouth and I identify with Peter. And Peter yells, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, you got it. And you didn't get that from you. You got that from my father. And then he begins to, not only does he celebrate who he is, he's like, yes, I am. I am the Christ. I am the son of the living God. He then looks at Peter and he says, Peter, you, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Like he tells Peter who he is. And so it's a little exercise in being with Jesus, so I'm gonna pray and then I'm gonna ask you a question. It'll be on the screen and you'll be able to see it. And I and you don't have to fret if you don't maybe feel anything, but I'm going to invite the Lord to minister to you. And because he's alive and very much likes to hang out with his kids, just like I like to hang out with my kids, I have a lot of faith that cool things are about to happen. So can you quiet your heart and don't even fret about getting right answers or... So Jesus, we do. we. We bow before you. And we agree with Peter when he says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But if we were to put ourselves in that situation, God, we just, we just stare at you. And church, this is that first thing. If Jesus looked you in the face right now, and he said, who do you say that I am? As if he was asking you, I just want you to take the next few moments and and write down who is Jesus to you. So there you are sitting with Jesus, and he asked you that question, and you just told him. And if you didn't have eloquent words or didn't know what to say, it's okay, he's not mad. You could even say, Jesus, I don't know who you are, but I want to. Honesty is always, always best. So sitting there with Jesus, I want you to look at him. And this might feel weird for some, but I want you to say, who do you say that I am, Lord? Like, Like you told Peter who he was, who am I? As if you were asking Jesus, and then I want you just by faith, I want you to listen for his voice. And I want you to write down anything that comes to your mind. Jesus, who do you say that I am? I can't encourage you enough to let Jesus be the one that informs your identity so he gets to tell you who you are and I want you to end by asking Jesus one question what goodness do you have for me in this next season of my life what do you want to do leave you to contemplate that but the band's going to start worshiping we don't say goodbye here we just we worship and we pray for each other and there'll be some prayer teams and you can sit with jesus this you can do this for another three hours let's sit with the lord and let's worship Him in response and let's thank him and i hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you If you would like more information, you can find us at www.CoddleStoneChurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.